0: Wallace Chapman here. I'm with Chris Finlayson and Anna Dean this afternoon. Uh, quite a few of you have been on silent retreats. It's quite extraordinary. Uh, Rita says I went on a 21-day Vipassana retreat silent in Nepal, and it was a totally different experience. When you can feel every part of your body just using your normal breath, how intense is that? Uh, quite a few dad jokes coming through. My father's joke said Sarah that he said every morning of my childhood, "Great day for the race." What race? The human race. Uh, And uh, Chris Finleston is right. Young people are intelligent, energetic and inspiring. And here's one here. My goodness, I came back 10 years ago and then could only afford a place in the region I grew up in. The first thing I did was to put up a huge rainbow flag so there was no mistake about where I was coming from. But, yep, it was tough, as more people who have had an international life seem to be moving out here, the better life, and most importantly, food is getting. I now have multiple vegan options, so I do appreciate your feedback today. To this first, though, Italy has won the European Football Championship, beating England in a penalty shootout. In the final at Wembley. The game finished one or after extra time with the Italians winning the shootout 3-2. It is Italy's second European title after last winning in 1968-68. But England's bid to end their 55-year-old, 55-year wait for a major trophy ended in the familiar agony of defeat in the penalty shootout. Let's first go to Italy fan Peter Milinio, who was watching the game with the rest of the club Garibaldi in Wellington this morning. Peter, welcome to the show. Thanks
1: very much, Wallace. Uh, great to be on it.
0: Did you catch the whole thing?
1: Well, the funny thing was, Wallace, uh, we had a technical difficulty at the start, so we ended up missing the first three to four minutes. And England scored in the second minute, and so when we eventually got the thing on the on the television we are already behind 1-0. So oh. from, the, from the start it felt like we were climbing a mountain and um, we were gradually able to ease into it after that.
0: How does it feel to win the European Football Championship and over England of all nations?
1: Well, <laughs> over the course of the last few days, I've had a lot of messages from a lot of Scottish people saying you guys must get the job done <laughs> because <laughs> the English fans are going to be far too painful. Look, um, for, for us, we've... This is the third final we've been in in the last... Oh, it was 2000, and, 2000 we lost the final, and in 2012 we also lost the final. So it's third time a charm. It tastes fantastic. So to be able to do it especially after... Such a tough year that Italy's endured. Um, well, that's right. But it's brilliant.
0: It's been a total year and a half, hasn't it? And you can't, uh, you don't have to be a sporting fan, Anadine, to appreciate what a comi- what a unification, a sporting event like this can have.
1: Yeah, definitely. I mean, the other thing I didn't mention is that we, we weren't actually at the last World Cup. We bowed out against Denmark, I think it was. Right. Um, I qualifiers. So. The job that Roberto Mancini's done in bringing the boys together has been fantastic. And I think this is our... 34th on the bounce without losing. so Good on
0: you, Peter. Yeah, no, we've got a panel with us. I don't know if they're huge sports fans or football fans. Anna? I didn't actually know it was on. Okay, so there's that. Uh, Chris? Well, I am, to the
2: extent that I'm interested, pro-Italy because Peter Elenio and his family are friends of mine. Oh. And I've got some great f- friends in Island Bay called the Delevers and if I supported the Poms, Maria would refuse <laughs> to cook any more Harpuka for me. (laughs) So it's really a no-brainer, you've got to go with the Italians. (laughs) But I have to say this, I do feel sorry for the people who live in Rome because of the noise that I know is going to be generated there. Twenty years ago, I had a sabbatical in Rome from my law firm, and Lazio uh, won the Italian competition. And for the next five days, I got no sleep. I was in a bed and breakfast up behind the Vatican because these guys were hooning around the Vatican, uh, honking their horns on their vespers, and then they finally had a massive party at what was known as the Circus Maximus. Goodness. And then it all quietened down. So poor old Romans who don't like soccer are in (coughs) for it.
0: Yeah, Peter?
1: Yeah, well, um, it's good to hear that uh, Chris has a past and interest in football. I was uh, talking about his chest workout earlier on. <laughs> You're
2: he just jealous, passes. Peter. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I'll, work on, I'll work on that tomorrow after a few minutes tonight, Chris, to try and uh, work that off. But
2: yeah, Give, give uh, my regards to Mum and Dad.
1: <laughs> well, thank you very much I appreciate that Dad was with us this morning by the way Chris he, uh-huh. he managed to get out of bed early mum's, uh, mum's over in Nelson she watched it over there
0: Good on you, Peter. Hey, all the best. Thanks for joining us. And a a, a healthy number of people, Chris, want to know when's Legs Day. Uh, Maybe you can Uh, tell us. day,
2: (laughs) 7.30.
0: Once a week for legs. All right. And uh, also with us is football coach Andrew Clay, who stepped away from a field to join us uh, last week. Uh, Welcome again, Andrew. I don't know, are you on the football pitch again now?
3: No, no. I'm just sitting in front of the TV catching up with some Netflix now. That's all I'm doing. (laughs) Just... uh, (laughs) I've had a bad week of football. My own team that I co coached lost out in the Cape Shepherd Cup yesterday. Mm. And then uh, even though I'm New Zealand by birth I am British by heritage and i was, you know, I was hoping the English might have snuck over the line there. So it's not been a good uh, not been a good thirty six hours of football for me, uh Wallace. But i you know, I've risen above
0: it. You're a professional, um, that's right. Did the best team win? <laughs> <laughs> Did the best team win?
3: Probably the best team across the tournament won. The trouble, England scored a great goal early on, looked good for about 20, 30 minutes, and then kind of did a little bit of what we call parking in the bus, a little bit invited uh, Italy on, and in the second half you could feel the goal coming. Gareth Southgate has had a tremendous tournament, didn't have a great day today. And as a coach, I know myself, you're judged by decisions you make in-game more than anything else, and he probably got a few things in retrospect wrong, and isn't he getting slammed for it? Because the British media love to build you up, and then they love to cut you down.
0: Penalty shootouts are the worst way to lose, said Harry Kane. Why is that, Andrew? Is it just because of the psychological pressure or what?
3: 100%. All all you've done when you give a good penalty shootout is um, you've predetermined that at least one person is going to feel really bad about themselves probably for the next 20 or 30 years. (laughs) Uh, Well, well, Gareth Southgate famously missed a penalty in the Euro. Uh, Euro '96 uh, uh, semi-finals, and and still, and it still haunts them 25 years Gosh. later, yeah. So it's um. I mean, I always always have to laugh when people talk about the pressure on the on the All Blacks in this country. They really? have no idea. Seriously, they have absolutely no idea what real pressure and real vitriol can be, and real celebration can be.
0: Goodness gracious me. We're all, we all we all know pressure, don't we, Anadine? I mean, uh, you, you can think of, I mean, for example, you, you do a marketing pitch to a new client and you're building up to that morning presentation. You think you know your slides. You think you know your speech. Uh, <laughs> and and, and it, it either all comes together or it doesn't. Any phrase? Yeah, it's interesting. I traveled through Colombia, actually, and um,
4: I heard stories about people who, who messed up big tournaments who actually then got killed by no. fans. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's,
3: yeah. A, a guy called Escobar, not, mm. not, 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 the, not the bad one, but he um, he's scored an own goal mm. uh, just trying to defend in the 94 World Cup and he got killed in the car park um, shortly after the World Cup. What? Well, come up to me. Oh, there's a whole documentary about it. It's very famous. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it was a bright new sort of dawn of Colombian football, and um, they lost in a game and in, in a knockout game, and, and he got assassinated. Yeah, that's so pressure. again.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, that's All right. pressure. Okay, that's pressure right there. So, so finally, look, uh, uh, um, uh, uh, Andrew, England waiting more than twenty thousand days for the first half hour. It did look as if their time had finally arrived. So, I guess, uh, as you say, consolation to England, and uh, uh, just try again.
3: Yeah, they've got, they've got 500, less than 500 days to the World Cup, and they actually are tracking in the right direction, and they'll be one of the favourites. To be honest with you, for those who are having a go at Southgate, he had a bad day today, but overall I think he's done tremendously well. They made a semi World Cup semi-final um, three years ago. They've made a final for the first time for 25 years. Um, most other countries in the world have not done that, so they, they should be disappointed today, but overall they're tracking in the right direction. and uh, I know v- my Italian friends, if I have many, are happy, so that's a good thing.
2: But they voted for Brexit. They shouldn't be in that competition anyway.
3: <laughs> I don't think I don't think football was part of the part of the deal. Oh, I don't yeah. think it was. <laughs> <laughs>
0: All right, Andrew, thank you. get off, uh Andrew Clay there. Uh, 16 past four. <clears throat> uh, new South Wales has reported 112 new local COVID-19 cases today, another record daily total for Sydney's growing coronavirus outbreak. A vast majority of the cases are family and friends of existing cases, Premier Gladys Berejiklian said. Yesterday the state recorded 77 newly acquired cases, with 42 of these spending time in the community while infected. Chief Medical Officer Professor Paul Kelly yesterday said numbers going past 100 were worrying. Meanwhile, Air New Zealand began offering flights at 10am today for New Zealanders stranded in the Australian state. All flights from Sydney to New Zealand, though, have already sold out. With us is journalist from the ABC, Gavin Coote. Gavin, welcome to the programme. Good afternoon. What sort of sen- sentiment is out there, Gavin? I mean, how are people feeling about this? Must be a strange sensation to feel as though you are back almost exactly where you were a year or so ago.
5: It's just amazing, isn't it? You know how we can we can go on. We we, we think that we've we've reached a certain phase of the pandemic, and then we're reminded that we really only have the measures that we used last year uh, to rely on once again. And I I think that's really what comes down to it. We we thought we had the vaccine, or we at least thought we'd have the vaccine that really in our arsenal this year. But uh, as you know, the vaccine numbers really aren't at the level where we can get any level of herd immunity. Um, The one thing we have have seen that's provided some hope, I guess, for younger... uh, Sorry, for older people, is that um, we, we have seen that sort of more elderly bracket, age bracket, vaccinated... And that has actually limited the level of, of serious illness. But now there's some real concern about people, you know, under the 55 age mark, there's, there's dozens of people in hospital now. So it is a bit of a feeling of, you know, people are feeling a bit on edge. Um, and it, there is obviously a lot of frustration out there because the health messaging is being directed at those younger people who right. aren't vaccinated and, uh, and, and they really don't have much they can do about that.
0: I'll jump to our uh, panellists very shortly, given uh, they might have a question or so. But look, um, uh, is it looking likely that the lockdown could go on for some time? Any indication how long?
5: Yeah, that's the thing. I mean, it's it's looking extremely likely it's going to go on beyond Friday. Um, you know, we saw early last week when, before they decided to extend it for another week, epidemiologists were saying it would have to get into the single digits the case numbers and perhaps even some zeros now if you look at the numbers now 112 it could keep rising given the amount of contacts that, that are caught up in that um it, it's looking completely um you know impossible that it would get down to single digits again by the end of the week so look an extension is is all all but likely um it's A question of how long, and uh, that's the one thing that um, the Premier, Gladys Berejiklian, has been reluctant to put a time date on. But, you know, epidemiologists epidemiologists are saying, you know, it could be two weeks, it could be three weeks, at least looking at potentially into August now. of Yeah, some form of tight
0: restrictions for sure. That's a long lockdown. Chris Finlayson. Yeah, I think she's a very good
2: Premier and has run it very well. But if you haven't got the population behaving themselves, you've got serious issues. And so the way it seems to me things are going to go is that there'll have to be a total lockdown for a couple of weeks. And I feel very sorry for New Zealanders who have gone over to Australia for a bit of a break and have found themselves trapped in Sydney. Uh, It's just um, it seems to me all the
0: signs are it's out of control. Mm. Can you speak a little bit to that complacency angle, Gavin?
5: Yeah, look, I think um, there's been, and and rightly, there's been a real comparison drawn between Victoria and New South Wales. We saw Victoria go into that really long lockdown for more than 120 odd days last year. Um, And New South Wales, I guess, was looking on thinking, well, we, we don't have to do that kind of thing. We don't have to go into lockdowns. And the Premier voiced that uh, only, you know, in the weeks leading up to this lockdown, that we don't have to shut down the economy to, to get and get on top of this virus. But the reality is, this is the Delta variant. This is posing a real threat. Um, it's so much more transmissible. Um, so the lockdown is the only, only option. And as you may be aware, that the Premier was reluctant to even use the word lockdown for the first day or so. So there's been a lot of discussion around whether that ha- has, you know, has that really hindered the messaging early on? Were we taking this seriously enough? The other problem we've really got now is in Western Sydney there's a you know, very multicultural population. Um, you look at places like Fairfield where the majority of new cases are, it's an extremely multicultural community which is such a rich part of the city but you've also got those linguistic and cultural barriers um, which certainly hasn't helped when getting the message out there. So A lot of people out there are taking advantage of multicultural radio and multilingual health messaging, which is helping to some degree. But when you think of the family unit and just how how multi-generational some of these households are, um, that's really
0: where a lot of this transmission is happening now. Anna, what are your thoughts?
4: Oh, it's really interesting. It's just kind of how do you actually fight that fatigue that you can kind of see. I mean, it's definitely happening in the United States and and social media and and conversations around that. But it's just absolutely incredible that Wellington managed to um, not have everything take off recently. I just think we really don't understand how lucky we are.
0: Mm. Just finally, before you go, Gavin, look, um, New South Wales Premier Berejiklian has been urged to call in the military to enforce the total lockdown in Greater Sydney as a large last-ditch effort to control this outbreak. Professor Tony Blakely uh, recommended that. It was in the papers there. (laughs) That sounds pretty hard, but he said this is what it needs. Recomplacency, is that something that might even be on the cards?
5: Look, certainly, um, there's been, you know, the, the, the both levels, both state and federal government haven't been shy in calling in the military at certain parts in this pandemic. Uh, you know, we saw them uh, policing the uh, the hotel quarantine system in the early days. And, of course, the military is actually, we've got um, a, a general uh, running the vaccine rollout nationally. So certainly they, they've had a role already. Um, there's already been a bit of debate around um, how much we're militarising or sort of enforcing this lockdown because we've seen in southwestern Sydney and western Sydney where um, it's highly multicultural, um, there have been, you know, quite a big police presence there when we didn't see that in the more affluent parts of eastern Mm. suburbs of Sydney. So it is a careful balance and they're trying to obviously instil... In the community, the, the seriousness of this virus, but it's, it's getting that right. Some are saying that you know we'd rather see much, you know, more health officials in those areas than um, you know people with uh, weapons or with uniforms. So look, it, it is no. a debate that might. Play it a bit more, yeah. Very
0: good, Gavin. Appreciate your time. That's Gavin Coote there, journalist with uh, the ABC. 24 past four, the panel, RNZ uh, National. Meanwhile, illegal street races, completely different news here, f- frustrating local residents living on the outskirts of Moronsville. The intersection of Tohei and Matuku Road is a hotspot for boy racer meetups. ups uh, This uh, is with Auckland, Hamilton, Tauranga. Stuff reports that one gathering a few weeks ago involved over 400 cars and the burnouts didn't end until one. Ash Tanner is the mayor of Matamata Piako District. He's at a loss of what to do. He doesn't know, how, doesn't know what to do, so we thought he'd get him on, see if um, the former Attorney General and Business Consultant Anna Dean can <laughs> sort it out for him. Ash, kia ora. Yeah, kia ora. How are you? You don't know what to do. Oh no! I don't know what the answer is. No, not really. Um, but so okay. Yeah. So you come at that. You come at this with goodwill, okay? Because you're not anti burnout. In fact, you've done a bit of tire squealing yourself.
6: Yes, I have. I have been known to do the odd burnout. Um, probably still could with a bit of a prompt. But uh, um, yeah, I used to have a car. There used to be competition in uh, uh, motorbho just outside of Moransville, smash pellets. Um, Used to have an annual burnout competition there, and I was one of the participants one time. But I blew Goodness. the cross plugs out of the motor, so that stopped me halfway through.
0: New Zealand's one and only burnout <coughs> mayor, uh, Chris Chris Finlayson, as opposed to burnt out mayor. There are a fair few of those.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: well, you're a good mayor, and I, you know I understand the uh, the problems you face because I saw the photos of the damage caused to the road. So all I can think of is there's some place you could. Arrange with other local authorities where these guys can hone around because obviously banning them is not going to be the answer. Um, what's that? You know, when you drive from Auckland to, uh, to Hamilton, there's a place where people drive cars. What's that called?
6: Oh, Hampton Downs, yeah.
2: Hampton Downs, is there? Some, can you create a Hampton Downs for them?
6: Well, I think I think they can go there, but the, the problem with that is it's it's sort of restrictive to times and it's also pro- possibly costly as well. And, yeah, um, yeah, that is a bit of a problem for them and it's probably not a designated, you know, actual area to do it because it's more a racetrack. Oh, no, they do have the skid pad there, actually. I've
2: been on that. I um, yeah. Yeah. No, send them yeah. over to Hampton Downs. That's the answer, Mayor.
0: There you go. You've got a solution from Chris Finlayson and Anna
2: Dean.
4: Well, it's interesting. I used to live um, in Littleton, out in Casp. Bay, and they had a huge problem with boy racers out on Banks Peninsula, and it's been bad for about 15 years, and Uh you'd have them all night. It was just outrageous. Um, But I did see recently on the Littleton Facebook page, they've got this new sergeant there, Gerald Peoples. He sounds like an absolute legend. He was saying that boy (laughs) racers are like gorse. You've just got to keep kind of um, (laughs) chopping away at them. (laughs) And um, he said, uh, recently they've actually changed the rosters to um, have a police presence through the night and they've been impounding vehicles and catching people speeding but they've also lowered the speed limit I think it's going through to 40k an hour for these particular areas so they're they're just having a you know they're just chopping chopping right back at it but I I can see that you're obviously kind-hearted and thinking that another place to put them would be a good idea I mean it's a huge mm. huge issue. The square, what, yeah.
2: the square, <laughs> <laughs> bring a bit of life back into the yeah. middle of given that cathedral's still a, um, a dump.
0: I don't oh know goodness. if the yeah. I don't know if the good ratepayers who listen no. to this would appreciate that. <laughs> no. But um, I no. guess I guess Ash, the, the, the the question is because you the, there's there's a few upset ratepayers who mm. said don't build yep. them a pad because that's my money and I don't want my ratepayer money going to a burnout pad.
6: Oh no, that's yeah. That's the thing. Hey, eh? like yeah. I wasn't suggesting that we would fund it. I just say you know it would be a pity. Um, there wasn't a place that they could go. You know, like a bit of a designated area. But then, of course, you know, there's health and safety and rules and regulations that I think end up stopping it. You know, so I don't. But I, like I, I don't know what the answer is. I mean, yeah. I, I was definitely for the residents, you know, because they, it's quite intimidating for them, you know, with mm. four or five, six hundred cars turn up in the middle of the night out in the country and, uh, you know, potentially blocking the roads, but... And it's I loud. Mean,
4: it's so loud, that kind of thing. Yeah.
6: Yeah, I mean, it is, yeah, and, but, you know, hey, we were all young once too, you know, and, you know, but I mean... I'm not condoning it, don't get me wrong. And the other thing is it's more a police issue. It's not a council issue, if you like. But, is that right,
0: Chris? Um, oh, no, all the
6: ratepayers. The you know, council's that, they got They wouldn't be keen on that. We're, look, we're looking at a hefty enough rate rise as it is without building a burnout patch, you know.
2: Well, it is a council problem, really. I mean, you can't rely on, on the police for all these things. So I really yeah, do I think, uh, Mayor, you ought to um, build them something, get them mm. off the road. Yeah, I'd love to, apply mate. I to the, win. I'll apply to win the provincial days. growth fund. You know, the <laughs> Auckland it's $700 million for a motorcycle, uh, for a cycle way. Get a couple of hundred million out of grant for something for the kids. But there they is
6: also. Ask uh, Jacinda. She's from well, Morrison. She comes from Morrison.
0: <laughs> well, the, the, there's a few solutions around this, Ash, I'm sure, and you being New Zealand's only burnout mayor, uh you're the person... Oh, probably not the only one. <laughs> you're the one to make it happen. Before you go, um, we've only got a few seconds left, but how hard is drifting?
6: Uh, oh, yeah, there's a, there is skill involved in it, and of course you need a little bit of horsepower, and um, yeah, and uh, go for it. You know, but it is about controlling the car in a skid. So it's not, you know, it, uh, yeah, I, I tell you what, it is a bit of fun. I, I totally recommend you, you try it, but in, a, right. in an appropriate place.
0: Okay, in <laughs> an appropriate place, we'll try it one day. Uh, Hampton Matamata, Downs. Yeah, Hampton <laughs> Downs it is. District Mayor, Ash Ash, thank you for your time. Uh, you're on the panel, in uh, NZ National. With us this afternoon is Chris Finlayson and Anna Dean. It's time for Headlines.